This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Today we are continuing our Family Matters series. And last week we talked about, uh, you know, whenever we look at the family, we often think about maybe a husband and wife coming together kind of as the beginning of a family. And with marriage last week, we talked about God's plan for marriage is that a husband and a wife come together as one. Let's all say it together. Come together as one. We also talked about the fact that independence and hardness of heart destroys marriages as well. And then we kind of wrapped it up by talking about the need to die to self whenever you're married. Uh, And if you didn't catch that teaching last week, I'd encourage you to check it out online. I think there was some pretty decent stuff in there. Maybe you could learn something. But today we're going to kind of talk about that next phase. Whenever you think about a family, we again talk about marriage, you know, being a man and a woman coming together. And then we think about children being the next phase of marriage. And today we're going to look at kids in the equation. I'm going to talk to parents but I'm also going to talk to children. So if you're a child in the house, somebody say amen. Amen. We're all children in the house, right? I'm going to be talking to you as well. Parents, if you feel like there's a lack of unity in your house, I want you to pay attention today. Uh, I, I feel like the Lord's going to do something today, and there's going to be some unity brought in houses where it seems like there's been chaos in houses. Anybody need that in their home today? Amen. All right, parents, raising kids, would you say it's probably about the hardest job the Lord's ever given you? Absolutely. The Bible tells us that that children are a blessing, but many times uh, we just feel confused. We feel like, what in the world have we got ourselves into? We're worrying all the time. Are we doing this right? We're worrying about them. And I don't know about y'all, but as soon as we brought cash home from the hospital, right? So, So this is our first child we freaked out just a little bit. I want you to know, um, something changed in my life dramatically as soon as we had a child. We left St. Dominic's Hospital, and I started driving like an 85-year-old man. (laughs) True story. We're driving, and I'm like not getting it above 40, and people are flying by me. I'm like, slow down, you crazy driver. Why? Because my son was in the back seat. For the very first time, I was driving as a parent. We're not always going to get it right. And that, that's proven where two weeks later, I forgot him in the back seat whenever I went to the grocery store. Anybody ever been guilty of that? Just one. And me, thank God, I'm not the only one. I remember I ran in just to grab a gift card because Cash was born in November and it was almost Christmas time and I needed to pick up a gift card for somebody. And I ran in and I run back out and I'm passing the back door and I'm like, holy cow, he was inside. He was so quiet, I forgot he was back there, you know? But, but parenting's a challenge. It's a hard job, and we're just trying to figure it out. Whenever we got him home, we literally sat that little carrier on the coffee table. We sat down in front of it and said, what now? We didn't know, because at the hospital, you have nurses. And you get home, you got nobody, right? And so it's, it's a pretty scary task that you're given, especially for new parents. After the first one, though, you kind of get into the groove. By the third one, you don't even care anymore. I'm finding that out. A friend of mine uh, online this morning had, like, their three-year-old drinking a monster drink. And her post was, she's got two older brothers. She's got to be able to keep up. And I was thinking, 
I'm sure the first one never drank that, right? But anyway, all that said, um, children are meant to be a blessing. They are. And although there's resources, there's books, there's podcasts that you can read as far as it relates to parenting, I want you to know the Word of God is going to give you the best advice whenever it comes to parenting, whenever it comes to encouraging you to do the right thing. Amen? Amen. The truth is, and we talked about this in our life group last week, the Bible is the blueprint for success in marriage, for success in parenting, and so many other areas of your life, right? But it's up to us whether or not we're going to use this blueprint that he gave us or if we're going to do our own thing. You know, so many times it's hard to do this, so it's like we do a hybrid, like we'll do it God's way, but if it's not convenient, we'll just kind of wing it ourselves. Let me tell you, if we stick with this, we're going to see success in our life. Come on now, we're going to see success in our life. But as Christians, y'all, we serve the Prince of Peace, and as people who serve God, we need to have homes that are filled with peace. Isn't that your desire? It's my desire, but often chaos fills our homes, and it's due to rebellion, it's due to lack of honor and respect, it's due to lack of obedience, and as people who, again, we say we serve God, all of a sudden it feels like sometimes hell has broken loose in our homes. You know, you will have screaming, you're going to have door slamming, you're going to have sometimes words that shouldn't be said said, you're going to have words that really hurt sometimes said. And I want to say this to parents and to children as well, teenagers and such, be very careful what comes out of your mouth. I've got to tell you, I remember my mom telling me as a teenager one time, you have no idea how much you hurt us sometimes by what you say. Parents, you sacrifice a lot for your children, don't you? And does it ever just hurt whenever they say something back sassy? We've got to watch that. But even as Christians, again, sometimes it can be chaotic in our homes. The word says that a house divided against itself will not stand. And I want you to know Satan is coming after your home. What he wants to do is he has this plan to divide us, divide your home, and then conquer your homes, what he wants to do ultimately. Now, Psalms 127 tells us that children are three different things. It starts off and says, children are a gift from the Lord. Some of you are wishing you had a gift receipt. I'm joking. Maybe. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward. Everybody say reward. Reward from him. Then verse 4 actually moves into military language. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. They're like arrows in a warrior's hand. What do arrows do? Kill. Kill. They, they kill. Children are meant to be arrows in our quiver to kill the enemy and not to kill us, parents. To kill the enemy, right? We're meant, y'all, as godly families... Families who serve God to defeat the enemy as a family. That's what we're called to do. Amen? And parents, we got to remember that our spouses are not the enemy. Our children are not the enemy. We've got to know who the main enemy is. We've got to remember that God's called us together as a family to fight the enemy. Amen? And whenever things are crazy, I want you to know we've got to remember that our children are indeed a gift from God in those hard times but we've also got to do what the word says to get our home back in order as well. 
Whenever things are crazy, we've got to get our home back in order, and we've got to do it based on what the Word of God says. I mentioned this a minute ago, Mark 3, 24 and 25. And if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. We need to be having unity and not division in our homes. Amen? Uh, young folks, I want to talk to you just for a second. Uh, any anti-family, anti-parent attitude that you have needs to go right now. I'm telling you this as your pastor because I love you. It, it needs to go right now. I want you to know it's harming your entire family. It's harming you and you don't know it. It's harming your parents and it's harming your siblings as well. That attitude needs to go. And you may think that you can do just fine without them. And I dare say, just try it. It won't work out very well for you. Amen. Your parents do so much for you. They, they clothe you. They feed you. They give you a place to stay. They invest in your hobbies that you're probably going to quit pretty soon. They spend time at the ball fields. They spend time doing whatever it is to support you. Don't ever think that they don't love you. Can somebody say amen? Come on. They love you more than you can ever, ever think. And I want you to know this. They have the right to adjust your attitude at any point if you sleep under their roof. They have the right, according to this word right here, to adjust your attitude at any point. Since you are their children. If there's just a constant fight in your home, teenagers, I want you to know, it's time for it to stop. It's time for it to stop. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, and this is powerful scripture. Look at it. Children, obey your parents. Because you belong to the Lord. You belong to the Lord. You need to be acting and having the same attributes as Jesus has and not acting like hell on wheels. Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Verse 3, if you honor your father and your mother, things will go well with you. Amen. Things will go well with you, and you will have a long life on earth. I want things to go well for me, and I want to live a long, good life. Does anybody else want to live a long, good life? Come on now. Now, I want you to know here that what he's doing here, Paul is actually referencing the commandment of the Ten Commandments about honoring your father and your mother. You see, that commandment comes with this promise of living a good long life. And so you can look at the opposite. If you don't honor your parents, if you don't honor authority, then what's going to happen? He said it right there, short. So, so we've got to be thinking about that as young people. I want you to understand this. Every commandment of God reveals his heart. There's times whenever God tells us no, and it's because he loves us. Listen to me. It's because he loves us. I want you to know, everyone in here, he has a plan for your life, and we don't always understand that plan and how it's going to end up, but it's always going to be good. You've just got to trust the process. Does that make sense? You've just got to trust his plan for you. And, and I want to say this, it's going to be fantastic the way it unfolds, but embrace his commandments. Embrace them. Do what he says in this scripture right here. 
because whenever you do it, you have the promise of knowing that you're going to live a blessed life as a result. Amen. You're going to live a blessed life. But whenever you look at the Ten Commandments, and might I add, those are the Ten Commandments and not the Ten Suggestions. Uh, whenever you look at them, this is the only one that gives a promise like what we just read. It's the only one of the ten. So that means that uh, we've got to get it together as it relates to honoring and being obedient to authority, specifically parents. But he promises us a long, good life if we do that. And the Bible doesn't say just to love them, but to honor them as well. So young people today, I've just got one point for you. And it's this, peace, success, and a long life will come to children who honor and obey their parents. It's a promise from God. And that's a promise that I want to hold on to, amen? It's a promise I want to hold on to. Now, uh, some of the folks in here, and again, it doesn't matter if you're 30, 40, or 50 either. If you've got parents, you're to honor them, right? Now, you may say, Gino, um, my parents don't live for God. My parents are not good people. I want you to understand this. Um, we don't necessarily have to obey what doesn't line up with the Word of God because we are to please God as His children, correct? There are times where you may be told, you need to do this and this. Sorry, I can't do that. The Word of God won't allow me to do that, right? <laughs> the Holy Spirit won't allow me to do that. Um, if they're physically abusive, if they're verbally abusive, if they're asking you to do things that you might consider wicked, no, you don't need to do those things. Amen. But God set them in place still as your mother and your father, and you need to honor them. Amen. You still need to honor, honor them in that role. It's the same way with politicians. You might not agree with our governor or our mayor or something, something like that, but they're still your governor, your mayor. You still pray for them, right? They still are. But your parents may not be perfect, young people, and I want you to know this. You may say to yourself, well, they act one way at church, but they're not nearly as nice at home. You still honor them because they're still your parents. And I also want to mention this. You probably don't act the same 24-7 either. Cut them a little bit of slack, amen? They're the parents that God's given you. But we're told in the Word that this is good for you to do, to be obedient to them. So we have focused on children for the last few minutes, but obviously, parents, we got to talk to you as well today. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're told in this word how we need to parent. We're told in this word, again, so many things and how we need to go about it. So today, we're going to kind of shift gears for a minute this morning, and we're going to do something a little bit different. Before we do that, um, I just want to ask you a question real quick. How many of y'all love the elders of Church Alive? Does anybody love our, our elders at Church Alive? Amen. Uh, if you're kind of new to the church, let me tell you who our elders are. Uh, we have Elder Chris Curley. We have Elder David McGee, uh, Elder Jackie Curley, and this awesome man and woman over here, Elder Charles Funches and Miss Bobby Funches. Amen. These are good people, right? These are good people. Uh, let me give you a little bit of history about our elders here at the church. Um, all four of our elders uh, have been with us over 25 years. This man right here was the very first elder that was set in place at Church Alive. Uh, as a matter of fact, we weren't even in this building back then. We were at a drugstore, which is kind of, it's now the physical therapy place next to the hospital in McGee. And Elder Funches was set into place. Elder Jackie Curley was after that. And then the others. Uh, but this is a powerful couple that we love so much. 
we, we love this couple so much. So what we're going to do today uh, is we had talked about doing a panel with some of our elders this morning. And so my plan was is to, to have uh, the Funchesses and then uh, Elder Jackie and Linda Curley with us on the stage this morning. But they're at the beach, and so I said, no problem, I'll call Chris and Jenny because they're elders. Wait, they're at the beach too. I can't make this up, people. And then I said, no problem, I'll also call David McGee. Oh, wait, no, David's at the beach this week, too. I'm really starting to get tired of this. i got to be honest with you. Thank you all for not going to the beach this week. I really appreciate that. So I said, we're going to roll with just one couple. And here's something I want you to understand, though, about our elders and why they're such awesome men and women of God. Whenever you look in the Word of God, there are basically like um, specifications, if you will, to hold that position. One of it is, you know, it has to do with your marriage, that you're a good father, that you're a good husband. It talks about children who serve God as well. Every one of these four men that I just talked about, all of their children and all of their grandchildren are in church serving God. That is rare. Amen. So this morning, will y'all please stand and honor Elder Charles and Bobby Funches as they come on stage this morning. Y'all come on. Y'all come on up. So Regina's going to join me as well, and we're just going to kind of bat some questions off of them. Uh, we might chime in a little bit, and y'all, this is going to be good. Let me just go ahead and tell you, right? We determined that we're just going to kind of freestyle this morning and just see where it goes. Are y'all okay with that? So we had some folks submit some questions, and we're going to kind of go through those. And um, Regina, you got anything to say as we get going, or you want to let's rock and roll? I just want to say that I totally agree with the statement that was made earlier that parenting is, I think, one of the hardest jobs. Um, it, it's a daily commitment to your children and to the Lord. And I think that we always have to remember that they're different and that we don't need to compare them, but that we need to ask for the Lord's help and wisdom in dealing with each one of our kids in their specific personality and with their specific heart. And I also wanted to say, Elder and Miss Bobby, you guys are awesome. Absolutely. I mean, you guys are all stars when it comes yeah. to being a mom and a dad. So this is an honor to this get is. to sit under your wisdom. So thank you. Absolutely. So our first question, we had some folks just uh, send us some questions, and we've got a number of them, and we're going to see how many we can get through. But our first one today was, what advice would you give to new parents? And we want to hear from both of you because there, there's the father's side, the mother's side. So what advice would you give to new parents? All right. <laughs> now, now, you got to keep your I seat. Hope, you got to keep your seat out. You can't, you can't I'm walk and preach. Over this <laughs> just buying over, getting ready. Uh, we've got to have everybody here, but this, it is important, children and, and togetherness, especially when it comes to the body of Christ. And we have to be serious about it. It is a warfare for our children and family, extended family as well. So we need to do what we need to do as men and women of God. Now, for young parents, number one, when you have children or child or children, first thing you need to do, you need to pray over and bless them. Amen. And many times it's not done. 
Even as they grow up, you need to do the same thing. Pray over your children. Bless them. Speak blessings over them. Now, some of the things that you would say is, we got to say what God said. Come on. Lord, I bless my child or my children that they are blessed of God on the wings of the Almighty, strengthened by the Spirit of God. I know your word said, Father, that the children is an inheritance from the Lord. And in Ephesians 6, 1, it says, children, obey your parents. But who's responsible for children to obey their parents? Is it the mother and the father? Now, let me say this, too. Now, it may be some single parents here that we're not leaving out that you got a, a, a problem for as um, raising children, but I encourage you to stay with it. Come on. Stay with yeah. the things of right. God, yes. and it's going to work for you. You know, sometimes I know it'd be hard, but you stay with the things of God. Yeah. And the thing is about discipline. Discipline is so important when it comes to a child's life. Proper discipline will help a child to perform and have a good life. Now, one of the first things you need to teach your child or children when they're young, this age, <laughs> what does no mean? Yeah. You know. And what does stop mean? Yeah. See, because you see danger. Stop don't mean one, two, three stop. Stop <laughs> means stop immediately then. You know. Now, what are you going to do in order to get that done? You got a proper discipline. What does the word say? The word says, spat a rod, spoil a child. You may say, well, I don't agree with him. He's a baby like this. If you don't do it, he's going to try to have his way. Because you say, stop, he'll look at you and he, uh, she'll go on. See, you got to make sure they hear your voice because. Your voice, when you speak to them, that's danger somewhere. And it could mean life or death, crossing the street, you know, things El like that. we got to think about it. And Elder, actually, Proverbs 13 says, if you spare the ride, you actually hate your child. You hate your child. So it's, it's even more than spoiling, folks. It's actually, according to the word of God, you hate the child if you don't do it because you're not looking out for the best interest of the child. Miss Bobby, any thoughts on this? before let, we Let roll? me say this, Pastor. <laughs> now, now, this is... This is he want me to talk some more time. <laughs> listen, finance, listen, finances is important too. Finance is important. Have a plan. Finance a plan. What you're going to save, you need to save because something unexpected come up, you'll have something. Amen. These things are important. You know, many families broke up because of finances and things of this nature. But you gotta con you got to consider that. So, so we have to put those things in place as well. Miss Bob. I was just about to say when you said finance, that's in order to take care of your family. You have to think about those things. Think about the needs of your children. Amen. All right, second question, and thank you for that. Thank you for that. All right, for Christians... And Miss Bobby, I want you. I want you to take lead on this one at first, and, and make sure we can hear you good. 
because uh, this, is, this is an important one. For Christians, what is the mission of parenting? Raise a child in the admonition of the Lord. Be sure your child sees before he speaks what you do. As a baby, as a child, and you will be surprised at uh, what children remember that their parent do. You will really be surprised at that. And I taught kindergarten. Oh, I've forgotten how many years now. <laughs> but we knew. They look at you and they know everything that goes on in their home. We had uh, different centers in our kindergarten. And when we went to the home living center at kindergarten, we knew what goes on in everybody's household <laughs> because they mimic it there in kindergarten. Wow. They sure do. They play the mama. They play the daddy. So always be a good example for your children everywhere. That's at home. Wherever you are, be a good example for them and teach them right things. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Because if you and daddy fuss all the time, they're going to have a little boy in the home living center fussing with them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and be sure you say the right things because they're going to mimic that too. Amen. Elder, what's our mission? It's called unity in the home and the family. That coming together. See, there's nothing more stronger than a husband and wife coming together, believing, having faith, and having no doubt about their children. And putting together in unity. Because if there's division in the home, you got a problem. So I just encourage, hey. We're going to have to have that unit to sit down and talk about it to explain, you know, what you need to explain to the children if they're of age. If not, to the smaller children that what you need to do. And sometimes now, I'm going to say it, sometimes you don't feel like you should do it, but you have to do it yeah. for them. And sometimes they think that this is, maybe it's a little wrong to do it, but if you don't do it, uh, you're creating a problem for yourself. So you have to do it. And you also have to remember, wherever your children go, they represent you. That's right. If a child is somewhere acting out of order, one of the first things that one of the other grown-ups Don't put that on me. That's what, that's what my husband just said. Yeah, thank, thank you. I ought to forget my back. But, the, but you know what? On the positive side. <laughs> right. Like, who's your? Oh, that's. Yeah. But that's what people say. They do. They'll even ask a teacher if they're in the school system visiting and a child is acting up. Whose child is that? 
So I always know that wherever your child goes, he represents you. That's what I said to my boys when they were in school and I was over there teaching. I told them, I said, you remember when we get ready to get out of the car in the morning. I said, you remember, wherever you go, you represent your daddy and I. That's right. And they said, yes, ma'am. There we go. <laughs> Question three. And this kind of gets back to last week. Uh, how do a husband and a wife remain one once children are in the home? It's called unity. <laughs> Coming together in agreement how the family is going to be able to, to live together and uh, clear understanding. Now, the husband should take charge and uh, be able to make the decisions with his wife, you know, for them talking about it. Now, this is just experience. Now, if the father does not take charge, now the mother will or have to. I know that. But the man should be responsible for head of the family as the husband go, you know, providing, teaching, uh, discipline as well. Now, the, one of the worst things I, I think that a husband could say to his, his child is this. In certain situations, go ask your mama. See, he shouldn't say that. If he said go ask your mother, he need to say, well, uh, go ask your mother. Uh, we'll talk about it. I mean, your mother will talk about it. We'll make a decision on what to do. You know, that's what needs to be done. He doesn't need to place that order to that child because that child from then on, they'll probably ask the mother instead of him. Yeah. So he lost that respect in, in, in that, and you know, he'd need to have that respect, but he needs to really uh, stay with the things of God. And then they need to be able to, to work things out when it comes to uh, finance, when it comes to, in some cases, discipline too. They may not, you know, saying that you're a little too hard on little Joe or little Jack, you know. And uh, now he's not too hard on him. It'll work out at the end if you just leave him alone. It'll work. Amen. Miss Bobby, any thoughts? I was just thinking about the part where he was talking about discipline. At first, oh, I'm sorry. At first, I couldn't understand <laughs> why my husband disciplined those boys. So, and he he would he told me he said, "Now look, we were by ourselves." He told me he said, "Now look, boys are tougher than girls to deal with." Said so you have to be a little hard on boys more than you would on a girl. So I learned to get back and let him take over. And you know, I really myself didn't have to do any discipline. He was all in control of all of that discipline. Hmm. And I was so thankful because I would hear other mothers talk about what they had to go through with 
with their boys as they see, and it really shows as they grow up. But he had that under control. And I didn't even have to say, I'll tell your daddy. I didn't have to say that. Because he already knew. There you go. The line up, they already knew that. I, was, I told somebody something this morning. I don't know whether it was John's wife or who, about something that happened at my house. And I asked the boys, I said, did you say that or did you do that? Mom, now you know better than that. <laughs> Daddy would kill me. <laughs> you know better than that. I said, and talking about also remaining one, um, we found out, probably as most of all y'all did, the honeymoon period was great before kids. Do whatever you want, whenever you wanted. Anybody remember those days before kids? If you just got married, enjoy it while you can. Um, but obviously whenever kids came, the schedule totally changed. Y'all prioritizing your spouse is so important. Uh, I want to mention this, and y'all have heard me say this, and Regina say this a number of times. Uh, your children are a... Um, temporary assignment, roughly about an 18-year, 20-year assignment. Uh, how many empty nesters do we have in here? All right. All of a sudden, you're learning what it's like to not have kids around the house. And a lot of couples don't know how to operate once the kids get out of the house because everything they've done has been based around the kids. We've got to still remember how to be husband and wife while we have kids. So that's date nights. That's spending time together. Uh, I, get, I have a couple of friends that give us hard times. Y'all know we love to cruise every now and then. As a matter of fact, I just booked this one in January, and we are going without our kids. They've never been on a cruise with us, and we've done seven or eight, and we do that on purpose. You want to know why? Because <laughs> first of all, I want to have fun. Second of all, I'm prioritizing this young lady right here. We understand we've got to strengthen this, and I need four or five or six days just with us, Right? And so prioritize those times uh, of just w being without kids uh, because, once again, once they get out of high school or college or whatever, they're gone. Of course, you'll, you'll have those grandparent days coming up and those sorts of things, but you've still got to be able to, to function as just husband and wife. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Can yes, ma'am. Can I interject something? Um, what uh, Elder Funches was speaking of earlier about mom and dad remaining one I think is is really crucial because it's important that the kids understand that y'all are united so that way they cannot play mom against dad and dad against mom you've got to be unified it's very important amen all right next question and Regina's going to chime in about this just because we're in the middle of this right now and then I want to hear what y'all have to say about it as well question four what are some real practical ways to incorporate family devotion time, and how would you encourage individual devotion time for older children? Regina, uh, kick off what, what you were kind of talking to me about the other day. Um, so that's something that I'm always looking at with our own two kids. We have a nine and a six-year-old, and I want to make sure that when we're doing that family devotion time, that they're engaged, that they're enjoying it, and that they're learning something. And so... You know, we've, we've done the whole story, Bible books, those types of things, and those are great. And, you know, I would just encourage you 
to not get in a rut because mm-hmm. kids like variety. And so I've been exploring some different ways on how we can do devotion time. Um, sometimes we just pick a verse. And I think it's important to have the kids find it in the Bible, have them find it, and if they're able to, have them read it. Even if they're in kindergarten, have them read the words they know. Help them with the ones they don't. That way they become active participants in that uh, family devotional time. Um, Also, my kids love, like after we've been talking about a particular couple chapters in the Bible, we've been working our way through the book of Genesis, you know, after we go through a few of those chapters, we have Bible trivia night. Hold on. It's not just Bible trivia night. Yes. It's gummy bear trivia. Gummy bear trivia. You get yes. a gummy bear for every question you ask. That will make them retain the uh, oh, material, yes. just in case you're curious. <laughs> they will that learn that works gummy at bears. our house. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. We try to not make it a drag, you know, like, okay, everybody sit down on the couch. We're going to open to this page in the devotional book. But we just try to mix it up so they never quite know what's coming. And then, of course, we incorporate music and do all kind of fun motion songs. And they teach us songs that they've learned at school. So we just try to make it interesting and lively. Now, talking about whenever y'all are raising the boys, uh, what advice do you have as it comes to um, doing devotion time or imparting the word into your children? Let them have different different scriptures to read and tell you about it. Tell you about the scriptures, what they get from the scriptures. Wonderful. Elder? Well, I didn't have too much to do about that Bible reading. You know, I was kind of out there where I didn't need to be. But I tell you what I did do. I taught them discipline, taught them respect the elders or respect adults. I taught them what was right, what was wrong, and how they should conduct themselves, things of that nature. But I didn't teach them any type of of biblical principles. But those were biblical principles after I got saved, Mm -hmm. see. But I learned that those things was good work ethics, things of that nature, you know, open the door for the lady, respect the young ladies and things of that nature, women and all that. If you go to the store, don't go to the store, you don't have any money. What you going to look? I mean, what you going, what you doing? You don't have any money, stay at the house. (laughs) You know, things like if you go buy something, put it in a bag, bring it back, you know, Things like that, that for the real world that they're going to be able, they're going to, they're going to face, you know, people not going to treat you, you know, different ways and different attitudes and things like that. But you always try to do what's right. Right. Then if they have a problem with adults or anything, I tell them, come to us and let us know. We'll, we'll take care of it. And for them to just close their mouth, not say anything to them. That's just it. So... I want to ask a question, then I want to give a comment. Um, remind me, how long were y'all married, roughly, before Elder Funches got saved? I was, I don't know, but I was 40, I was 46. Yeah, I've been married at least 20 plus years. Yeah. It's, it's the power of a praying wife right there, folks. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the power of a praying wife. Um, just as a heads up, if your spouse isn't saved, keep praying them in. Yes, Amen. Yeah. Keep praying them in because, because God can do a work. Uh, something I want to tag on to what you said. Uh, gentlemen, I think it's very important that we treat our boy. I'm sorry, that we teach our young boys how to function like males. That's right. Uh, the media, everybody else is trying to feminize your child. That's just all there is to it. We celebrate that, it seems like, online. And I want to tell you, it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Amen. You need to teach them to be a man. You need to teach them how to do things around the house. Video game skills will not find them a wife or employ them either. I got to be honest with you. My son came home the other day and said he wanted to be a YouTuber for a living. I was like, oh, shut up. A YouTuber. This is where we've come, right? It used to be, you know, we wanted to be firemen or police officers or this and that. But, but it's important that we teach them good work ethics, that we teach them how to sweat. Come on now. That's right. How many employers in here or supervisors or managers have trouble finding people that know how to work these days? Amen. Don't let your children be one of those kids. Let them learn how to work. Amen. And, uh, you know, yesterday uh, we had a project around the house and, and they wanted to just watch TV. No, the weather's perfect. We're going to sweat. We were working in a storage building and doing stuff and cutting grass and all that. It's good for them. Amen. And ladies, let your husband work your kids. Come on, let them, let them work them. Amen. Amen. All right, next, next question. And this is going to be a good one right here. This is a dicey one. Uh, what advice do you have related to disciplining your children? I know we covered that a little bit, but now we're just sitting on disciplining for a minute. Now, for young children, uh, for you know, why don't you talk about the older? Okay. And then, as the kindergarten teacher, we'll let Miss Bobby talk about as younger children. What about that? Well. Uh, let me say, Pastor. Um, we need to, we need to start with the young first, okay? Because because that's going to be the foundation of their becoming an adult, you know. So you have to really proper discipline is so important. Being consistent in doing it, and whatever you tell them, you must do it. Now, if you don't do it. There's a problem. But if you do do it and they, you know, you want them to hear your voice. If they hear your voice when they're out there, there's a possibility to hear a person that if they get up, you know, to work, they'll hear their voice. Or they hear the voice of God. But if they don't hear your voice when things come up, uh, they're going to hear a voice. And it may not be the one that you expect them to listen to. You have to be really sensitive in that area. And it could be a, a little problem there, but you have to maintain discipline. Without discipline, a child is just like a runaway train. Hmm. Now, you may not think that it's on the way, but it is on the way. And it's going to cause you some problem, and they're going to suffer some consequences that they would have to follow if you would correct discipline correctly. Now, it's up to you to do it. 
you know. Amen. Because they're going to be faced with the real world when they become an adult, 16, 17, 15, get a little job or whatever. And then if you got a strong will child that that kind of want to have their way, you need to fix it. Whatever you need to do, you need to fix it. If that child don't want to work, you need to fix that situation right then because if he survives, it's going to call for W-O-R-K. It's going to call for some work now. Now, you just let him lay around, don't want to make the bed up, don't want to do this, don't want to do it. Mom, I don't want to do it. Dad, I don't want to do it. Come on, let's go. That's what you have to do. Because they, didn't, they don't see it now. But after they become an adult on up, yep. then they realize it. it was so important. You know, so it's it's consistency. It, it plays a major role too in that area. But uh, work ethics, they must have it. Amen. You know, you mentioned the whole uh, strong-willed child. I know this is hard to believe, but Regina Gates Amison over here apparently was a strong-willed one, and her parents have told the story of Keith looked at Stephanie and said, "We've got to break this, or we're going to be in trouble." That's right. <laughs> Sweet Regina, sweet Regina. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Miss Bobby, any, any uh, thoughts that you want to add to that? No, I guess just like you all said, the things that you said, this is something that has to take place while they're young. And if you've got a real strong-willed child, get that under control before they go to school. Amen. Mm -hmm. Because you will have problems. You will be called every day to come to the school building to get little Johnny in line. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's, um, can I tell a quick story? And you may be thinking about this. Um, my sister has three girls, and, and the third one about gave them a run for their money, uh, Finley. And uh, I remember Angela would call and cry, just cry to me, she said. I don't, she said, we would have quit it too if we would have known this was happening, you know? <laughs> but they wanted three girls, and God gave them exactly what they wanted. But we were there one time, and Regina remembers this, because yeah. you would have thought Child Protective Services needed to come over. But Finley did something, and she was four. And, and Grandpa, my dad, saw it. And I remember, as y'all know the old jerk the kid up by one arm move. It's a popular move here in the South took her into the master bedroom and just wore her fanny out for a little while. And it was one of these, you could hear it all going down. I didn't want to see it though. But I will tell you, something happened that day. And I don't know if it was the love of a grandfather that cared. I don't know if it was spiritual. I don't know what it was. But that child walked out of that bedroom and was never the same again and has been a sweetheart ever since that day. Let me tell you, it needs to be dealt with. It needs to be dealt with. Yeah. It was all love. The Holy Spirit and the love passed. Yeah, his granddaughter. Yep. But um that that was that there was something that broke that day. That that day. All right, uh, next question. This may be our last one today. Um, question six. How do you foster peace within the home, especially whenever there's discord among your children? And just let me tag on to this, are there any routines you might suggest to create an atmosphere of peace? 
What helps is when you have unity in the home with the mother and the father to come together. And when they come together, with, we'll say one's 14 or 13 or something like that. And number one, you need to pray. <laughs> That's what you need to start doing, praying. And then you need to bring them in and see what the problem is. Let one talk and the other one talk. I know it's going to be a little, maybe a little blame game what he did. But listen, and you got to put, well, you got to be able to be consistent in, in telling them what their responsibility are to love one another, to help one another, to listen to one another. We're not going to have this in our family. I found them in here, we're going to love them, we're going to support them no matter what. Then if some consequences need to be, you know, uh, issued out or some, we need to issue the consequences out, well, this is what is going to be done for you and you. You know, but it has to be that spiritual foundation has to be set in, in, in certain in areas from, from early childhood on up until where they are in that in that area, because if it's not, it might bring forth some violent uh, mm -hmm. happenings there. You have to watch that. Then you can't be one side over the other. You know, you got to have them on a plain level and and be able to address that. Because if you don't now. Uh, an offense can come and bring forth division, which the enemy wants. And it could last them for doing their own adulthood, you know. Amen. But you have to break it. You have to make sure it's, it's, it's dealt with. I agree with what my husband said. And raise them in love. See, some parents don't do that. They don't raise their children in love. You let them know that's your brother, that's your sister, and you love them. You take care of them. You look out for them. That's the way you have to raise them. And what I always did, too, if I bought, purchased something for one child, I purchased something for the other child. Don't let them think you think more of one child than you do the other. Yeah. Always let them know that you love them both. Amen. Have y'all enjoyed this today? Come on, y'all give them a hand. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.